jumping in. If you got your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. We talked last week, <clears throat> very simple message. We're simplifying Christmas a little bit this year. And uh, we're talking about, we talked about the Savior. That is, in the midst of the busiest season for a lot of people, the busiest season, uh, Christmas and all the shopping and all the stuff and the opportunities you have to be with family, extended family that you don't always see. And some of those experiences, you're just like, yes, it is going to be wonderful. Some of you are like, oh, yeah, she's coming. He's coming. Oh, great. You know, you're prepared for that awkward meal together. Um, So there's all kinds of stuff that goes on through the holidays. But we reminded ourselves last, last week that really the key to everything is understanding God loves you so much that he sent a Savior. He sent a Savior that came to save you and me. And because of what Jesus has done, man, we have hope today, we have joy today, we have eternal life. We talked about the great joy that it, when they announced the birth of the Savior, said, I bring you good news of great joy. Today, you have a Savior. And we talked about that last week. Today, we're going to kind of jump into a little bit of the story about Mary. And I was studying this a little bit this week, and it just stood out to me. And, and I just thought, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot happening in this story. Uh, if you just take the life of Mary. And I think there's going to be things that can relate to our lives even today. Um, so let's jump into it. We're, gonna, we're reading in Luke chapter 1, verse 26 through 38. Here's what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Here's Mary. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. And he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. And Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren. But she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. So we're going to talk about just this portion of this story today. And as I was thinking about it, I was kind of relating this story of Mary. So let's talk about it a little bit. First of all, we're going to see that Mary's life was interrupted. How many of you do great with interruptions? How is your life when there's interruptions? Not, not real good? Have you ever had those interruptions that are just annoying? I mean, like, everything is going good, and all of a sudden, something happens that throws your whole day. Car problem, flat tire, 
run out of gas, health issue. could be all kinds of stuff. And there's sometimes where it feels like when there's one, then here comes another, and here comes another. I remember one time we, we had uh, just felt the Lord had led us to um, give to this ministry. We did. Then all of a sudden there was this bill that came in unexpected. We were like, oh, man, that's just thrown us off. And after that, something else happened. And then my car, something happened with my car. Then something happened with Patty's car. And all of a sudden it's like, okay, there's like... There's all kinds of stuff. I mean, money's just flying out, and it's not flying in. You know what I'm saying? And uh, all these little interruptions were just throwing us off. Or there's times where, you know, you, I, for me, this is what happens all the time. I, I have this idea like, all right, today, my office, I'm shutting the door, I'm studying, I'm getting this done ahead of time. Okay, it's only, it's only Monday, and I'm going to get my sermon ready for Sunday. I mean, I'm just... Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, these are going to be, you know, well, we have staff any Monday, but Tuesday, all day, I even said it this week, Tuesday, I'm, I'll leave everybody alone, everybody leave me alone, we're going to get this thing knocked out. Tuesday, stuff happens. All of a sudden, it's like, okay, that didn't go quite as I planned. Wednesday, not, not quite as I planned. Now, some of that's on my end, but sometimes it's just things change, and you have to adapt. And you have, to, you have to follow the direction that you need to go at that time. If you have kids, there's times where, hey, I'm working today. I'm going to get this done. You get a little call. Hey, little Johnny's not feeling well. Can you come get him? No, my day's planned. You can't do that. You got to stop and go get little Johnny, right? That happens. So here's Mary, probably in her teens, young girl, okay, early in life. She's not like 40, 50, 60. I mean, she's early in life. And the, this angel shows up to this girl who's engaged and says, greetings. Greetings. The Lord is with you. And it says that Mary was confused and disturbed. In other words, like, okay, what is, what is all this about? Imagine yourself, you know, and, and I know it's probably different for uh, ladies than than guys, and not all the time, but she's engaged. When, when an engagement happens a lot of times, because I've, I've, I've seen it, and now that there's Facebook, I mean, you, the girl just gets the ring. Yes! Right? She's like, yes! Oh, my goodness. I'm engaged. It's on Facebook. Everyone's seeing it. It's like, check this out. She's telling everybody. There's the excitement. You start planning everything. You start thinking, my dress. You start thinking of all this stuff. And guys are like, yep, engaged. And then if you're a smart guy, you like the Facebook post of your fiance so she knows, yay. Right? But all this stuff's happening. All of a sudden, all this Stuff in life, it's like, you know, Mary's like, now there wasn't Facebook then, I don't think. <laughs> I'm sure there wasn't. Um, but there was this excitement. So, so I know Mary's life is, there's a lot going on. She's, she's engaged. Just that alone. I know people that are engaged. I, I do premarital counseling, and sometimes getting that established is the hardest thing. Because we say, okay, let's get together and let's meet. Okay, okay. 
And then as, they, as we get closer and I start meeting with them, I can see the stress level. And part of the assessment that I do is an online thing, but it also shows the stress in their life. And they're highly stressed, but they're in love. Right? They sit so close. Ah, but they're stressing out because they got all this stuff to do. You know, and plus, I don't know my family and their family. They don't really get along. Or, you know, my, you know, my, my parents and then my step-parents. And, I mean, they're all going to be there. And, you know, there's been, there was a fight last year between my uncle and my brother. And they're going to be there. I mean, stress just goes. So Mary's got all this stuff going on. But her life just got interrupted by this angelic being that basically just says, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Now, we can say that for us, right? The Lord is with us. Do you know that? There's some scriptures. If you look at John, Joshua 1.9, it says, be, this is my command, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Wherever you go. I know some of you right now are saying, I don't have that scripture in my notes. You're right. I had, I had a lot of scriptures, but I had a lot of points. I didn't have room. So just follow me. You can write it down. Okay, there's more scriptures. Don't worry. Just follow. It's okay. It's the same Bible you got. It matches. All right? Be strong and courageous. The Lord your God is with you wherever you go. See, you have to remember that. We're going to realize that Mary remembered this. Okay, so remember this. Look at your life and how many, how many of you right now, this month, you have experienced an interruption? Right. So when your life is interrupted, I just want you to remember, God is with you. Okay, when your life is interrupted, God is with you. Now here was Mary's response to that. She had this emotional response. In other words, Mary was real with God. Mary didn't have this surface thing like, Oh, yes, Lord, I am favored because of you, and I, I love you so much. I mean, she was, like, confused and disturbed. She's like, what, are you, like, what do you mean, favored, and the Lord is with you? Why are you telling me? Like, why are you here? Like, what is this all about? Right? There's sometimes where you have this encounter, and you don't even really know all what it's about yet, but it's a little bit awkward. So she had this real response of like, okay, this is a little confusing. Like, what do you mean by greetings, favored woman? Like, would that not disturb you a little bit? Especially if it came from someone, you're walking around Walmart, well, greetings, favored woman. Shut up. And then you just go. But this angel appears and said, and she's so real. We talked about being real even in our life. Let's just, let's be real about our life. We know that God is with us. You know, there's more scriptures. Matthew 28, 20 talks about God is with you. Lord, I'm with you always till the ends of the earth. Hebrews 13, 5 says, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. And, and so knowing God is with her, she still at this moment has this confusion and she's disturbed. But here's the thing about what happens. And we're, I'm moving through your notes kind of quick because we're going to really hit it at the end. But on this response, she's very open and real. Remember, Remember how for a long time, and I still do this, I want one thing for our church. I want us to be real and genuine. I really want us to be genuine. And if there's a time where you're confused or disturbed, that God knows. And he can help you. He can help you. In Romans 7, we won't read it all, but in Romans 7, in verse 14, this is where Paul starts talking about this. And he had this whole conversation, and he says, I do the things I don't want to do. 
And then I don't do the things I want to do. And Paul's being so real about the struggle sometimes with life and all the different things that are going on. But then he says this at the end, but thanks be to God, because the answer is Jesus. That's what he says in verse 25. The answer is Jesus. So God, he's our source. for our, When we have those moments where we don't know what to do, we have those moments where we're confused or even disturbed a little bit by what's going on, by our interruption, when we're disturbed by the things that's interrupting us and we don't understand all of it, then here's what happens. We know that the answer comes from him. So here's what happens to the angel. when It says Mary was confused and she was trying to figure out kind of what was going on. And when she did that, it says this. It says um, she's wondering what the angel could mean. And before she even could say anything or do anything, the angel replies. And see, this is the good part about God. He knows what you're feeling. He knows what you're going through. And he responds. So the angel said to Mary, Mary, don't be afraid. Because she's troubled. She's troubled by this interruption. She doesn't even know all the plan yet. He didn't tell her yet. He just said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And she's like, what's going on? What is this all about? And he says, don't be afraid, Mary. And then, then he reveals this plan. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He'll be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. So now all of a sudden, now basically he's saying, Mary, listen, don't be afraid, but you're going to have a baby. You're going to name him Jesus. And, she begins to talk, and he begins to talk to her about what that's going to be. So, so now you have God responding to her. And says to her, remember, it already said that she's favored, right? She has favor. You and I, I want you to know that you have favor on your life. As a child of God, you're favored. You're, you're favored. And there was something that, that in this response from the angel, there was something that, that, that she was recognizing this favor on her life. Not understanding it all, not knowing how in the world, because she asked a question here in a minute. So she still doesn't understand. But there is this favor. If you look at Psalms 84, verse 11, it says this, The Lord our God is our sun and shield. He gives grace and glory. One translation says favor. The Lord will withhold no good thing for those who do what is right. And then you have another passage in 2 Peter 1, 3, and 4. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he's given us great and precious promises, the promises that enable you to share his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. It's another place of just God's blessing and favor on our life. Mary was favored, but she still had this interruption. She still had this plan that she didn't understand. She's, she's thinking about, okay, what do you mean I'm going to have a baby? So what does she do? What any of us should do when we don't understand? She goes to God or the angel who was speaking on behalf of God, and here's what her question was. How can this happen? I'm a, I'm a virgin. How can this happen? So in other words, what you're saying doesn't make sense. Because, because I'm a virgin, so how, how can I have a baby? 
Have you ever asked God a question? Because you feel like he's saying something or leading you or you see something in the word, but everything in the natural doesn't look like it's possible. And you say, Lord, how can this happen? How could this be? How could this be what you want? Like, I don't understand. And here's what the angel's response was. The Holy Spirit will come, over, will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. So he, she, he begins to talk about this, this idea and this thought that Mary did, doesn't understand right away. It's, listen, it's going to be supernatural. Okay? You know, people talk about having a baby naturally, right? And, and when they say that, they're talking like no help, no pain, killer, no epidural, no nothing. All right, that's, that's y'all, all right? Thank God that's not me. Um, but this was supernatural. In other words, this was without, listen, there was no, this, this wasn't a, from, from a human relationship. This was the Holy Spirit, the, the, the Most High, the power of the Most High God overshadowed. All, and the, the reference to that is like, remember the cloud that would overshadow the people when God would lead them by a cloud and the cloud would overshadow them, it was that kind of thing, the presence of God, that's kind of what it's talking about. So this supernatural, miraculous conception that happens, completely, completely different. It was miraculous because it wasn't, it wasn't natural. It, it wasn't the way it's supposed to be. It was only by God that this could happen. And this takes place. And all of a sudden, this is, what, this is what Mary begins to understand. Like, okay, so this is going to be uh, like a supernatural childbirth. Like, I'm going to have a baby as a virgin. It's like, yes. And, he began, and so the angel begins to say this. So when, when she asks the question, the explanation comes, and we have to understand something. God's plans look different to us. And sometimes we think, that when we don't understand it and it doesn't line up with what's natural and it doesn't line up with the normal things, that, that okay, I don't, I don't see how you're going to do it. But here's how the angel helped her understand. Let's read the passage again. When um, I'll start reading this time. Uh, I'll, work, I'll start in verse 35. It says, The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The baby will, will be born, will be holy, and he'll be called the Son of God. And then he says this, What's more is your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren, but she conceived a son and now is in her six months. Here's what the angel is saying. Look, a miracle has already happened. God, it wasn't the same, but there was a miraculous thing that happened to Elizabeth. Because she was barren, they couldn't have a baby, and when, the, when an angel showed up to Zechariah in the first part of chapter 1 of Luke and said, listen, you guys are going to have a son, he struggled believing it. And part of that was, came where he was, the, they said, you're not even going to be able to talk until your baby's born. Could you imagine? Some, some pregnant moms are like, hmm, be kind of nice. Maybe an angel should have showed up when I was pregnant. You know, that's what people start thinking. But listen, so basically, but, but his belief was different. But, but the angel mentions this to say, look, 
Because he goes on in verse 37 and says, nothing is impossible for God. So he uses this. God is reminding her, I've already done a miracle earlier. Okay, six months ago, Elizabeth couldn't have a baby. And now she's in her sixth month. So I want you to know, and then he says it this way, nothing is impossible with God. God's plans are, are bigger than yours. And when you look when you look at God's plans, Jeremiah 29, 11 talks about God's plans, and God's plans are good. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. This is the Lord talking. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Those plans are for good and not disaster. They'll give you future and a hope. So when you're walking through something and you feel like this is a disaster, I'm telling you God's plan isn't done. Because God's plan for you is not disaster. It's to give you hope. It's to give you a future. But see, what we do sometimes is we look in the natural for everything instead of looking to him for, to help us through whatever it is we're facing. But God's promise to you is that his plans for you, no matter what you're walking through, are good, and they're not for disaster. They give you a future and a hope. And sometimes when you walk through difficult seasons, I'm telling you, there's a, that's the time that God is doing things in you where you're learning to trust him. It's building your faith. The Bible talks about when you face difficulties and trials that it's a time that, and it says count it all joy because it's doing something in you. So, so we all go through those things. But it's something that is building. But God's plans for you are good. And when it talks about these plans, he says another time in uh, Luke chapter 1 when he talks to Zechariah earlier in the chapter and he gives these plans, uh, Zechariah didn't handle it the same way, but it was truth and it happened. So for us, sometimes for us to realize, okay, God, you can do this, we have to look and be reminded of what he's already done. How many of you have known at least of some time in your life where God did something miraculous. Most all of us. So when you face something where you need a miracle, sometimes what God wants to speak to you is remember? You remember that? Nothing's impossible for me. Nothing's impossible for me. When I, when I do a miraculous work, I want you to know, remember that. Because the next time something comes and you need a miracle, I want you to remember, I'm a, mir I'm a miracle working God. Don't be surprised by miracles. But the reason sometimes that we struggle believing God or praying for a miracle is because we're, we forget the miraculous power that we've already seen. I'll never forget when I was younger, and I'll tell this quickly, when I was younger, I was jumping on a trampoline. My tongue was out. My brother was going up. I was on the way down. His head hit my chin, bit my tongue in half, and it fell to the side of my mouth, all the way through on most, most of it, almost off. I'm not going to give you I didn't take any pictures. But the bad part about a trampoline is you keep bouncing for the next few minutes. You can't just stop. So I'm like, ooh, and my tongue's just flapping over here to the side. And, and, I'm ble and my brother, my brother's just like, oh. And I'm like, eh, eh, I can't talk because my tongue's not working. And so they run and get my dad. 
And my dad comes and he picks me up and he runs me up to the house and calls the doctor. We go through all this stuff. Long story short, I had to be really quiet for a long time. I had to put my, they had to put my tongue together and just kind of leave it alone. So I just, probably the best few weeks of my parents' life, I was like, Ugh. and I remember it finally kind of healed up, and, and I remember a few weeks later, I was in church, and my dad was a pastor, so it was typical for us to be on the front row. Um, uh, that was where our family sat. I'm a little more gracious. You don't see Patty and the kids up here um, by their choice. Um, but um, for me, it was like, okay, you sit right here. And uh, I'm sitting there, and, and my mom's sitting right next to me um, and because I had to be in arm's length in case I needed a smack in the back of the head. But I'm sitting there, and I sneeze. And after I sneeze, I look down, and I have blood all over my hand. So I look at my mom. And I thought my nose was bleeding. So I was like, and she kind of looked at me like, and then I felt it coming out of my mouth. And I, and I look, and it had totally just come apart again. So my mom's like, um, my mom doesn't ever want to disrupt church. So she's like, quietly go to the restroom. I'm like, I'm in the front, y'all. So imagine me sitting right here, blood coming out of my mouth. And I walk down the center aisle <laughs> all the way to the bathroom. The grossest thing ever done in church is some kid walking with half his tongue out of his mouth, blood everywhere, down the middle aisle. And I go back, and I'm in the bathroom. My mom comes back, and she's taking paper towels and putting it on, and just that fast, they're soaked. She puts it on, puts it on. She keeps going. Finally, my dad kind of obviously, how can you not notice, um, the trail going out the door. And my dad stops preaching. And he has an elder come up, one of the elders. And he says, listen, just pray, uh, Scott. He kind of gave a quick story of what happened and goes back. My dad comes back. And he comes back to check on me. So the guy up here is praying. The church is praying. And they put these paper, these paper towels they keep putting on there. And then all of a sudden, my dad comes back and he reads the scripture. And he's talking about by the stripes of Jesus, you've been made whole. And he reads some different passages of scripture. And then he says, I'm going to pray. And he put his hand on my head. And he prayed. And my mom, while he's doing that, my mom still, you know, she tries to still close her eyes. <laughs> oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. <laughs> you know, so it goes, she, she's just throwing these paper towels in the trash. My dad says, amen. My mom puts a paper towel on my mouth. And she goes to throw it away and there's no blood on it. So she gets another one. She puts it back on, and there's no blood on it. And she says, Scott, stick out your tongue. And I was, I was young, and I was scared. And I was like, no, because I thought it'll fall. It'll fall out. <laughs> and, uh, and I opened my mouth, and I stuck my tongue out. And I look in the mirror, and I start crying like crazy, completely together. That moment forward, I ate, I talked. Uh, it's never come apart since then. And I'm telling you, as a little kid, something in me said, wow, God did it. Doctors couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. Nothing could do it. But God instantly, miraculously 
put my tongue back together. That sounds crazy, but listen, you weren't me. You weren't there. You weren't the one who felt like you were bleeding out. And that moment in my life, I knew God can do anything. And I don't, I, don't, I don't mind praying for situations where things seem to be impossible. I don't mind praying for, for people to be healed when doctors say there's no hope. I don't mind praying for those things. Why? Because I remember God did a miracle in my life. And the same God that did that can do this for you because there's nothing impossible for God. So God reminds Mary, I just did a miracle in Elizabeth. This that I'm telling you can happen because nothing is impossible for God. Nothing. Nothing. That means no thing, nothing is impossible for God. And Mary got that. Mary received that and she understood. So here's what happens. In the, last, in the last verse, verse 38, after, after the, the angel reminds Mary that nothing's impossible, here's Mary's response. First of all, she believed what the angel said. So her belief in God was, okay, you can do anything. So she responds with herself now. God, I am your servant. In other words, I belong to you. The God that can do anything. And she makes this statement. May everything that you have said come true. In other words, God, I want your will. Lord, whatever you say, that's what I want. Can I just, can I tell you something about Mary? There is, there is something here that we have to understand. For a young lady... Nazareth was a very small town, maybe like 100 people. And the angel appeared to her and said, you're going to have a baby. But the angel didn't appear to everybody else. Even Joseph, finally an angel showed up to Joseph because Joseph was going to divorce her. Joseph was calling it off. Something ain't right. You're going to have a baby, but well, you haven't been with anybody. Yeah, okay. Oh, gee, God, supernatural, okay. So an angel appears to, to Joseph. In Matthew chapter 1, an angel appears to Joseph and said, this is for real. Mary's going to have a baby. And it's, it's, it's from the Lord. It's supernatural. But guess what? He didn't appear to parents. He didn't appear to, to all the people in Nazareth. He didn't appear to all the people that she would come in contact with. So I can tell you there was a lot of talk probably going on. Oh, yeah, there's Mary. Yeah. Wonder what happened. Yeah, she said an angel showed up. I guarantee there's a lot of talk. It could have been a lot of shame for her. There could have been a lot of embarrassment that she was going to have to walk through in this small town and her and her husband are the only ones that heard from God what's happened. Everybody else is going to have their own opinions that she's got to deal with, that she's got to walk through. Have you, ever, have you ever felt like the Lord was leading you to do something but everybody else had a different opinion and you had to deal with and constantly hear, what are you doing? That doesn't make sense. Why are you doing that? 
when I left the church I was at, I had a lot of people saying, what are you doing? You don't have a job? No. The Lord said he would show us, but we had to leave. It doesn't make sense. You're going to plant a church? Yeah. You're not inviting anybody? Huh. You're not even going to tell anybody? Huh. Okay, that's dumb, Scott. Yeah, I kind of thought so too. That's what the Lord said to do. That's how he wanted us to start. You're going to have people's opinions. Mary had all kinds of opinions, I'm sure, coming at her. I'm sure as, as she began to show more and more. As she's walking down, walking down the road and, and, you know, she's all, and people are just, yeah, that's, that's her. That's Mary. And I don't know how her parents responded. I don't know how everybody responded. But I can tell you, I guarantee you, there was that place in Mary where it could have been very, very tough to follow this plan. Because not, not because of what she would have, what she did, but because the perception people would have had of her. Can I tell you, even today, do you know what, do you know what hinders a lot of believers? We're afraid of the perception people may have of us if we really follow God's plan. What's it going to look like? What are they going to think? They're going to think I'm different. They're going to think I'm weird. I'm not going to fit in with the group. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be set apart. Technically, God called you to be set apart. But we have all these perceptions that we could worry about. Mary, this was, Mary, this was Mary's life. And she was going to have this struggle. That she was going to be labeled as that girl. But you know what? Because she knew God. And because she believed God. That she came to the point that says, you know what? I'm your servant. And let it be whatever you say. In other words, no matter what it looks like, no matter what people say, no matter, no matter what kind of talk I get, let it be. In other words, Mary got to the place where she said, nothing else matters but what you say. What would that look like for you and me? To leave this place this morning, having an encounter with God that says, you know what, God, I remember what you've done. I remember that time when I prayed and I didn't expect there was nothing that could be done and you showed up. You did a miraculous thing. Lord, I know that you're real and I know that you're genuine. And what if we really get the revelation that nothing is impossible for God? And we decide to go ahead and receive that message. And then realize not only who God is, but then realize who we are. Do you know who we are? We're even more than servants. We're sons and daughters of God. That we understand that, that we can leave this place today and say, God, nothing else matters but what you say. Because what we're taught here is that what matters is what my friends say. What matters is what my boss says. 
What matters is what my customer says. What matters is what this person says. But I want you to know what matters is what God says. And when you get that, God's plans will come to fruition in your life because you have just opened yourself up to say, God, it's what you want. See, sometimes we think we know what God wants and we pursue that. And I'm telling you, some of you are pursuing something that's not God's plan. And that's why you're not seeing it. You need to pursue God, not his plan. You pursue God, God shows you his plan. All right, Lord, I know this is what you want. And there might be times that God shows you that and tells you that. But there might be times where you think this is the path. But you're basing that on what you think this should look like. But I just want us to get to the point that we believe God, that nothing's impossible. And then that we submit ourselves as a humble son, servant, daughter, whatever of God to say, Lord, what you matter, what you say is all that matters. And if this is what you say, then you know what? It doesn't matter. This is basically what Mary said. It doesn't matter what people think. I know I'm going to be talked about. I know I'm going to be looked like like this dirty lady. I know I'm going to look like I'm lying. I know I'm going to look like there's something wrong. I know it's going to be tough. Not only even, even, not even just what people say, but knowing that he's coming and later on knowing that the ultimate plan was that, that he would die, that a sword would pierce him, the prophecy that was talked about, knowing that that's going to happen, knowing she's going to have to deal with that. But she says yes. With all the things that are going to happen, she still says yes. In other words, okay, I'm going to be talked about. I still want what you want. They're going to look at me funny. I still want what you want. They're going to make fun of me, but I still want what you want. It's going to be painful to see what your son goes through, but I still want what you want. That's the place. So I want to tell you today, there's a lot of stuff that we have in common with Mary. Our lives get interrupted. Stuff happens, and we don't understand, and we get all worked up and confused, and we don't know. And God, in his love for us, he, he, he comforts us, and he tells us not to be afraid. Listen, you're the righteousness of God. You have favor on your life. You're going to be okay. And we walk through these interruptions and these difficult moments, and, and it happens like that. But then God says, but this is what I'm going to do, and this is the plan that I have for you. And I want you to hold on to that plan. And that plan is it's, it's, it's a plan that you can see through my eyes, and it may not look like you think, and it's going to have some difficulty in it. It's going to have some struggles in it, but it's going to come to fruition. And, and when we wonder, like, but how, God? There's no way. I mean, there's no way. I, I said that. God, how in the world? How in the world are you going to, how am I going to plan a church? How am I going to, God, what, what are you thinking? Well, I don't, I don't, but you know what? He tells you. And then he says this, nothing is impossible with God. Whatever that situation is, it's, it's something. So there's the thing that you're going through, but there's not one thing that's impossible for God. So whatever you're facing, it's not impossible for you to walk through it. It's not impossible for you to get through it. 
Even if it doesn't, even if, even if you don't make it to what you think it is, God will get you to that place where he's telling you it is. And it's going to be a place of good, hope, and future. It's going to be good. And he'll get you there. But part of that is for us to go ahead and say, God, you are the miracle working God. I believe that. And today I say to you, let it be as you said. Let it be. Just let it be. In other words, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in.